Amen. Thanks, Pastor Carter. Hey, wonderful to see everybody today. Pastor Jim had the opportunity to speak uh, with an event for Evangel University in California, and so he'll be traveling back. Why don't we tell you he loves you guys, misses being here, but we're thankful we can send him and use him in events like that. And you get me today. Always glad to... Oh, thank you. Always glad to have my family here, particularly my niece, Grace Cox, a few rows back. I love her today, and she knows why I'm singling her out. But it's fantastic, uh, once again, to present God's Word to you. So open up your phones, open up your Bibles, John chapter 4. So we're going to be in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about Jesus, who's the living water. Thanks for all of those of our congregation who are joining us online this morning. Thanks for being a part of the service I'm thankful as well to Delon Rance, who originally in a class at AGTS shared this concept with me. It's been very impactful in my life and felt like today was the right time and opportunity to share it with all of us. Missionary evangelist Sandhu Sundhar Singh tells a story about being on a train in India. And if you've ever been to India, if you've heard much about India, you know that sometimes those trains are packed so tight with people. You add in some of the most highest recorded temperatures on the planet and you can get into some dangerous dehydration situations fast. That's one of the, the places where this story takes place. There was a Brahmin, the highest caste. He's riding in a packed train, very hot on this particular day, and all of a sudden the people around them begin to sense he needs some water. He's getting dehydrated. They're starting to see more and more advanced symptoms. And so they, they look. They find a cup. There's water on the train. They get some water. They bring it to him. He won't drink. They try again, they get some water. I mean, it's obvious this man has to have some water. It's the the clearest way, the thing that everybody knows he needs, but he won't drink the water. Then they notice that he has a Brahmin cup with him. And when they bring him water in the Brahmin cup, he begins to drink the water, and as he drinks, you begin to see the effects of being hydrated and how all of a sudden he needed the water, and the, the health concern begins to lessen. At the end of this, Sandu Senhar Singh says, you've been offering the gospel in a foreign cup. If you would offer it in our cup, we'd be more likely to receive it. Jesus has the same type of incident happen in John chapter 4. He's traveling, it's hot, he needs some water. So he meets up with a woman at a well in the middle of the day, and he begins to ask her for water, and She says, why are you a Jew asking me a Samaritan? And that's all you kind of need to know from the context to know that these two ethnicities don't get along. Why are you asking me for water? We get to John chapter 4, verse 10, and Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now there's a lot in this chapter and maybe later today you can read the entire thing and pull out so many more truths that are here. But for our purposes today, John chapter 4 verse 14, Jesus continues with, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus offers the water in a cup that the woman understands. Get to the end of this account, verses 41 and 42. The woman and many people from her town acknowledge that Jesus really is the Savior of the world. Jesus offers cup 
in a water the woman understands. Now, much of what Jesus speaks and says and does in Scripture is actually things that have come from the Old Testament that God's always been saying. Jesus is referencing them or he's quoting them, but he's saying them in a way that his audience at that point would understand. Let's look at this particular thought that we're examining today. Jesus is actually referencing Jeremiah chapter 20 or Jeremiah chapter 2, Jeremiah 17, Zechariah 14, Isaiah 44, which refer to the Lord as living water. So Jesus in John chapter 4 is presenting himself as living water. The woman can understand what the water is. If you continue, you see in John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Fast forward to the end of the book. We get to Revelation chapter 21, Revelation chapter 22. And again, we see this theme all the way from the Old Testament through the Gospels once more in Revelation, when in chapter 21, God says, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, to the thirsty. I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Then in chapter 22, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And then finally in verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, the last few verses of the Bible, the last mention of the Holy Spirit shows the Holy Spirit inspiring the bride, that's us, to invite all who need salvation, to invite us all to come to Christ, the water of life. Jesus is the water of life. Let's apply that to our world today, where we live. Everyone needs water. There's sufficient water for the entire planet, and the church has been commissioned to take the water. The cup is just a way to enable people to drink. This morning, I want to challenge you, don't confuse the cup with the water. People need Jesus. It's not the cup that saves, but the water. But people can't accept the water without a cup. Too many times, we offer Jesus in the wrong cup. If you look at Jesus' life, he used different metaphors in different situations with different people, all so that they would understand that he was the living water. As you examine and look at it, it's pretty simple to see. In John chapter 4, he's talking to the woman about the living water. You back up a chapter, and Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, different person, different background, brings to the conversation a whole different understanding of who God is. So Jesus talks about being born again. Moving forward through scripture, we see Jesus talking about people being fishers of men. He talks about the good shepherd. He talks about narrow path, foundations of rock and sand, types of soil, sheep and goats, bread, salt, light, different cups for different people to each be able to understand and drink the water. Look for a moment at just Jesus's use of touch. 
John chapter 4, where we're looking at. You have a woman, so gender alone in that day and age created a barrier that Jesus broke through when he touched and took the water. You've got ethnicity differences that we've already highlighted that Jesus broke through when he touched and took the water. You've got the woman's sexual history, which has ostracized her from her entire community in town, which is why she's at the well in the middle of the day when nobody else is there and it's hot, that Jesus breaks through with the touch and taking the water. You've got Jesus at a funeral touching a corpse, something we don't really do much today. You definitely didn't do it 2,000 years ago because that would make you unclean. We've got a woman with an issue of blood. 12 years she's been suffering. All of a sudden she reaches out and touches Jesus, the acceptance in that gesture and motion. We've got Jesus touching children, and some of you at Evangel earlier this week heard a little bit more about that as we dove into the significance of him touching children that were seen as insignificant in that day. You've got a prostitute washing the feet of Jesus. Imagine if that got out on social media. Yet Jesus turns, and he washes the disciples' feet. The touch, depending on who it was and what it meant to them. If ye, Jesus used different cups to share the gospel, shouldn't we? Look at some of the ways that we can use different cups today, because our point is, what's the cup that works? How do we use the cup that works. We change cups as needed to help more people drink the cup. Now I brought just kind of a smattering of cups, no particular order other than some of you know I collect Starbucks mugs, so this is my cup. This is the one that I've got here today. The rest are just ones, you know, a lot of us have used it. This is the drinking glass that we actually use at our house, so I pulled one of these. I'll make sure and bring it home, babe. Uh, one of our cups that are here. A measuring cup. Sometimes you need a different purpose. You wouldn't use this kind of a cup. It wouldn't be exact if you need it. And then I couldn't find a sippy cup. We're kind of past that stage. So I bought a sippy cup. It is amazing in 20 years how technology on sippy cups have... I mean, look at this. Real quick, you just... Wow, the straw disappears. Some of you new parents, we didn't have anything like that when we were, you know. It, cups change over time is my point. And sometimes we need new cups and we get better cups that we can use for people. We, different generations, pick different cups. Different families pick different cups depending on the situation, depending on the need. Sometimes spouses prefer different cups. It oftentimes depends on the person and the purpose and the opportunity. A few years back, had a vehicle. Uh, it was a work vehicle, and it, it had a recall on it. Recall came in, and I got designated to take the vehicle in to get the, the recall, the part replaced on it. So I drove down to Campbell, went into the dealer, and it's one of those times when, I don't know about you, but there are times in my life when I just feel so addicted to my phone. I, I, I mean, it's it's the center hub of my life. It's got all the appointments on it. I've got this notification coming on. I've got somebody texting me about this. And for my life, the way I know when I'm too locked into my phone, I need to get a little bit of a break, is when I've got about a few spare seconds, maybe 60 seconds, and the first thing I do is reach for my phone to see if there's an email I can reply to quickly and get that out of my inbox. That's when I know, whoa, you know, I got to back. Unfortunately, that happens a little too often, and this was one of those days when I just felt like I was in that mode. I dropped the vehicle off. Somebody had given me a ride, and pretty soon, a couple hours later, I got the call. I got to go pick it up, and I'm thinking about that. Oh, okay, I got a window here. I think I can get down there. Somebody gave me a ride to pick up the car. And they're talking with the man, and I've got a sign on the vehicle, and he notices that it says something about Assemblies of God on it. So he starts asking me about it, and I'm, I'm, I'm in a hurry, so I'm kind of telling him what we use it for, and he dives a little bit deeper. 
He talks about, man, that must be something to, to do something that really makes a difference in people's life. Yeah? Give me the keys. i got to get out of here, you know? And then he goes one step further. And here's his statement that haunts me to this day when he says, it must be amazing to have a job that's so fulfilling. Now, here it is. Wide open door, right? It's easy. My response? Yes. Get the keys, got in the vehicle, drove down Campbell. That fast, as quick as I could, because I was in a hurry and I had this and I had that, and my mind's a hundred other places. As I'm driving up Campbell, I got to about Bass Pro Shops, and I'll never forget just that overwhelming sense of the presence of God, not in this wonderful worship experience like we had today. It was love, but it was loving conviction, and it was just this sense of God saying, you missed it. And I pulled into that gas station across the street from Bass Pro Campbell and Sunshine, and I just put the vehicle in park, and I put my head down on the steering wheel, and I just said, God, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I was so busy that I missed it. This guy gives me the cup. All I got to do is add water, and I'm in such a hurry, I missed it. The easiest opportunity I've ever had in my life. We've got to be ready and prepared to present the living water of Jesus when the cup is right there in front of us. And I'd like to talk for a few moments about reasons we don't use the right cup. Some of them are, sometimes I'm just too busy. I miss the opportunity. As Pastor Josh was praying as we've been talking, kind of coming into a new season for the last several months and figuring out schedules and figuring out calendars and figuring out what's going on in life. Lord, let me leave some margin in my life so that I don't miss the opportunities to present the water. We're all called, we're all ministers. God has strategically placed each of us in a job or in a neighborhood or in a family or in a situation or in relationships to be able to present the water. It's all of our role. It's part of our global footprint. What we do in here in Springfield, Missouri and in our world is something that we all share. And I know you understand and are with me on that. There are some of us, a few of us, that get to spend a little bit more of our time kind of creating the cups, maybe a little bit more, maybe you work at a national office or one of our affiliated ministries or one of our universities, and you're, you're, you get to create cups. Sometimes I'm afraid that the reason we don't use the right cup is we become professional cup makers. I know that was part of my problem on the day at the car dealer. Look out when you talk more about the cup than you talk about Jesus can happen in a second and you don't realize that you've missed the opportunities. Sometimes we prefer our cups to new cups that come along. You know, whenever you discover a specific type of cup and you're like, this is the cup, man. This is the thing for everybody. This is the one. We think our cup is the right cup. If our cups become only about us, we've missed the purpose of the cup. Sometimes the way we became a Christian, we think that's the way everybody should become a Christian. So we always present Jesus in the same way that it meant that was great for us and it may be good for us, but it might not be the right cup for every person that you come in contact with. It may not be the best cup for everyone. Yesterday I was in Grand Junction, Colorado with Convoy of Hope. We had one of our community events there and some of you are familiar with people coming through, and we've got the groceries, and we've got haircuts, and we've got family portraits, and we've got a kid zone and a lunch. We had huge fan, uh, health services there to connect people long-term things that are going on. When you get near the end, a lot of people come because of the groceries. There's heavy need. We had a lot of food we were able to hand out to people yesterday. And it used to be, and we all did outreaches this way, and you guys remember this, back 
where just before you got to the groceries, we'd have this area with the stage, and we called it our prayer tent. It was really a preaching stage, and we'd ask a local pastor to come. We'd say, hey, spend seven to ten minutes and present the gospel, and 30 minutes later, you know, they get fired up and are kind of winding it down. And when they get to that time when they ask people to respond, what they're saying and what people are hearing, if you want your groceries first, I mean, if you want Jesus first, raise your hand. I mean, that's kind of the message that came across in that moment. Hey, I'll say whatever prayer you want me to say if I get to my groceries quicker. And we had a lot of hands that went up, and don't get me wrong, God did things in those moments, and the Holy Spirit used that for sure. But about 10 years ago, Convoy of Hope looked at that and said, you know, there's probably a better way to do that than the way we've been doing it. And so we began to take more of a relational approach. And as the Holy Spirit's already doing his work in all of our lives and the lives of our guests that are coming before this event, during this event, after this event, to experience a demonstration of the love of Jesus the entire time that they're there in every area that they choose to go to. When they get to that prayer area, we started calling it connections because we want to connect people to Jesus and to church. We have greeters out in front, and they walk through this area to get to the groceries. It's right at the exit, and we'll say, hey, how was your day? What'd you like the most? Is there anything we can pray with you about? More of a relational approach than set through the message, and then we'll give an altar call. It's amazing. About 70% of our guests will say, yeah, I'd, I'd like prayer. And they'll walk in, and they'll sit down with people from the local churches. Yesterday, there were 10 different churches involved, and they're sitting in the prayer circle, and they'll open up. And some people, it's as simple as, you know, I was in that job area, and I really need a job. I'm underemployed. Would you pray? And you finish that prayer, and they've taken one step closer to Jesus. Man, they're done, and there's a smile on their face, and they get up, and they leave, and they get the grudge. We've got a few people who say, you know, I don't really need prayer. And as they walk through that prayer tent, they get to the other side, and they'll stop. Maybe I would like some prayer. And they'll turn, and they'll go to a circle, and... Again, God's doing his work, and sometimes there's tears, and sometimes there's salvation. Wherever the person wants to take that conversation, over 500 people were prayed with yesterday in Grand Junction, Colorado, and we, we, we've changed the cup. We've changed the methodology. We've, we've found a different way, a better way, a more relational way that maybe has more impact long-term for the kingdom of God, and sometimes we prefer our cups to new cups, and we miss some opportunity to present the living water of Jesus to people who are thirsty. Sometimes we allow our cup to become the message. It's the water that saves, not the cup. We have the hope of the world, but sometimes we make it hard to drink because of the cup that we give to people. We make it harder for people to understand Jesus because of what they see before they get to the water. It's the wrong cup. Now turn to your neighbor and tell them to put their seatbelt on. It's a little disclaimer up front, so now you're wondering what's coming next. Politics. So, oh, right? Sometimes I'm afraid in our world today, everything's so politicized, and by the way, I'm an equal opportunity offender right here. I don't have any particular issue, any party. I'm talking to all of us today. Sometimes I'm afraid that our cup is so wrapped in politics that people can't get past our politics to get to Jesus. I'm really concerned that we're losing a generation under 30 because our politics clouds who Jesus is. And they see politics and don't see the living water. So for that person, if the politics starts to get in the way, it's time to trade cups and make sure they're seeing the water. Make sure they can drink. Make sure that it's about Jesus. Okay, turn to the neighbor and say, I'm glad he's moving on from that point. <laughs> I'm thankful for the impact of Central Assembly of this church on my life. 
I grew up here. Everything I do, everywhere I go, every time I have the opportunity to be with you, it's because of your pouring into my life. I see Sunday school teachers that taught me who Jesus was all my life, youth leaders that made a difference in my life. I'm thankful because I was thirsty, and you gave me Jesus in a cup I could drink from, and it still impacts my life to today. But I'm that guy who grew up in the church where sometimes, and Pastor Kim will be in different meetings where we're talking about things, and I'm the guy who can go, hey, you know, I like that cup, but let me tell you about the real cup. Let me tell you about the way we used to do it, right? There's times when guilty, I can do it. Pastor Anthony, okay, small groups are great. Let me tell you about when Mike Rakes first started small groups in this church. Here's the way we need to do it. I mean, that's the cup. Or, or, you know, um, when Pastor Trish, uh, you know, and Craig Cunningham, when they were here, well, here's the way we did small groups then. And so... Guilty, some of us. I mean, I, I'm thankful for the cups that we have, but the cups the way we did it back then aren't necessarily for the cup that we need today. I mean, and think about it for a minute. I remember when I was first on staff here years ago. We won't talk about how long ago that was. Sunday night services, we had testimony services, remember? I was the guy who got to walk up and down the aisle with the microphone, and Pastor Wanamaker would call on different people who'd want to share something, and I'd bring in the mic. That's when I learned you never let go of the mic. You always hold on to the mic, and you kind of, you know, learn that the hard way a time or two. You know, you know, some of you can tell some stories about this. I mean, imagine for just a minute, you think there's TMI on social media today? Imagine a Pentecostal service with an open mic. <laughs> Today, new cup, different way. I mean, you can plug into all kinds of classes that we have on Sunday morning and small groups, across, and you can share the triumphs of life, the testimonies, the good things God's doing in life. You can share the challenges. You can walk through life together. I saw a photo this week of a small group, one of our groups that meet, who one of the couples are moving, and so at 6 a.m., the other members of that small group are at the airport. I saw the photo of all of them saying goodbye to them walking through life together. I don't know about you, but I think I'd have said goodnight the night before, but no, good for you guys that were there. It was fantastic. I mean, think about it for just a moment. Some of us, okay, I can sing the Christ Ambassador song still today, right? Great song, powerful. The words of that are tremendous. They mean so much. Maybe not the same impact on today's generations of students as it had on me or some of us. We know that. You guys know that. We embrace new cups as they come along. I hear Pastor Don regularly talk about a legacy. Our seniors, our generation is here that's like, hey, whatever we need to do, Pastor Don, man, we're, we like what's happening. We're embracing new cups. In my life, I want my sons to experience the faithfulness, the power of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ and God in their lives just like I did. And you know, it may not come through the same cup that my granddad drank from. It's probably not going to come through the same cup that my dad uses. It, it's not my cup either necessarily. So as we embrace new cups, as we look forward, I thank you for being ready. I look back and I see Spud and Julie. Every time I see you guys, and I saw you in between services walk in, I see this smile on Spud's face. And he represents many of you. There's that, I know you're with me. I know you're praying. I know you believe in what God's doing in this church. And there's so many of us that are saying, let's go, whatever it takes. We've got to have a global footprint right here in Springfield. Let's let God use our life. Let's get new cups. Let's make this happen. 
So thanks for looking at different cups. Thanks for embracing new cups. You know, as we had to shut down for a little while over a year ago and then started bringing Sunday mornings back and then started looking at what do we bring up, there's some new cups around here. We purposefully said, we don't want to necessarily do it exactly the same way we did it before. What's God doing now? How do we help people connect with Jesus in a new way with a new cup? So when you look around, how do we help us be stewards of our own spiritual growth and discipleship? So you'll see things like Pastor Casey a few rows back over here, who Wednesday night is our middle school pastor. Great night. Love what you're doing. It's a new cup in our middle school ministry. Why? Because Pastor Josh is back working with the kids as our family ministries pastor. It's going to be different than when Pastor Justin was here. I'm thankful for Pastor Justin and everything. I love Pastor Hannah, and she's in Detroit now, and so we got Jill McDaniel and an interim team leading things there. New cups are coming at us. I mean, you look at what we're doing in our women's ministry and the small groups and the opportunities for prayer with I Pray, and you look at the Sunday night prayer and worship gathering, which, by the way, next Sunday night, many of you have been to that. Boy, put that in your calendar right now. Next Sunday night, it's an hour. We're just gonna worship, and we're gonna pray. It's really the heart and the engine of what God's doing in our church next Sunday night. There's new cups that are coming. There's new opportunities. We've done things online and streaming so that today, about half as many people that came in both services today, in addition, are also watching online today. Phenomenal. Thanks, Pastor Carter. Thanks to the entire tech team for everything that we're doing. There's opportunities coming into this month. Pastor Anthony, Pastor Josh with Family Ministries Outreach working together to have Rutledge Wilson Farms, got it right, you know, just west of town, you've been there, you've seen what's going on, if you haven't, don't miss it, we're renting the whole place out, you'll hear more about it next week, where you could bring your kids, it's a fall festival, kind of fun blast, kind of an evening, what a great opportunity to go to a neighbor with a new cup, maybe they don't come on Sunday mornings, but man, they'll go to Rutledge Wilson, hey, bring the kids, we're just going to hang out, our church is by, it's free, let's just come together, and they take that one step closer to who Jesus is. We find new cups so more people can drink the water. So, as we wind things down, let's bring it right to our everyday life. How can we find the best cup for those that still need the water? First of all, focus on Jesus and the thirsty person, and don't worry so much about the cup. I think sometimes we get so caught up in the way that this thing needs to look that we miss the opportunities that are right in front of us like I described earlier at the collar dealer. Follow the nudges of the Holy Spirit in your life. I mean, that power of being spirit-empowered is that when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, his spirit, the Holy Spirit, lives in you. When God opens up those doors, if you're not too busy, man, those little nudges. God will open up the door. Just wait and see what the Holy Spirit's doing. And sometimes it's just a conversation. Sometimes it's as simple as tomorrow. Hey, did you see the kickoff to the Chiefs games yesterday? Well, the preacher went a little long, but it was a great service at church. Boom, you talked about church. That's a win. Sometimes we just need to celebrate the small wins. Sometimes we need to take the pressure off. I feel like in some of our lives, we've built this thing up so high that we feel like the first time we have the opportunity to talk about Jesus, if we're not doing a Genesis to Revelation with an exegetical study and with Ecclesiastes popped in the middle of it, and if by the end, you know, we're not baptizing them with a water bottle between breaks that we failed at expressing Jesus, it's not what it's all about. 
Man, God's doing it. The Holy Spirit's moving in life. God's drawing them to the water. All we got, it's easy. If you got an opportunity, Jesus comes up. When? Celebrate the small wins. Take the pressure off yourself. Who's the person in your life this week? Maybe the Holy Spirit right now will nudge you with a name. But you could say, God, I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm ready. I'll present the water. When you open up the door, that's my prayer. God, I just want to be ready for you to open up that door and I can present Jesus and I can present the water that's there. We need to become new cups so more people can drink the water. I want to invite our worship team to come back up as we begin to move to a close in a time of prayer, a time of application. If our cups are only about us, we've missed the purpose of a cup. Man, I'm willing to take my cup and let go of it. I'm willing to say, if that's not the cup anymore, okay. I know you are too. Let's find the right cup. What do we need? What do we do? My life is a cup. How do I make sure that people get the water that my life represents? So how can we create the best cup for the next generation, for the people in Springfield, so that people are thirsty, can drink the water, and never thirst again? To close, well, this week I actually thought about it. I thought we could sing that uh, drinking from the springs of living water. Believe it or not, that's something that I ever actually every now and then just kind of belt out in the house. I'm walking around. And I just kind of, There's some of those great songs that I love that are part of me, and my kids are always looking at me like, oh, no, Dad. But as we talked about, maybe that's not a great song. Maybe it's not the right cup for this morning. Pastor Josh probably could have pulled it off, but... We've got a different song. And, and this one you may not know because the purpose isn't really so much for us to sing. The purpose is for us to take a few minutes and set an atmosphere where we say, okay, God, what do I need to learn from your word today? What are those nudges of the spirit that you want to speak clearly to me? The changes I need to make? Are there opportunities? So that's what the next few minutes are about. Don't leave it in the parking lot. Too many times I come to a great service, we've worshiped, I've raised my hands, I hear a great word, I go to lunch, I kind of leave the impact, but not fully, but I don't do enough to apply it to, that's what the next few minutes are about. Okay, Lord, what do you want to speak to Steve? What do you want to speak to each of us? So if you'd stand with me, I've got some challenges that I want us to look at as you stand. I'm going to invite our prayer partners to come forward if you'd be available. And in a few moments when we all come forward, man, if you've got anything you need to pray about, that's what this time's for. It may not have had anything to do with the message. You're just saying, I need prayer for this. And you want to partner with somebody, you step out in faith and say, let's agree together. Please come forward at that time as well. But first, maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online, you'd say, I'm thirsty. I need the Jesus that you're talking about. I need him in my life. I want to never thirst again. I'm sorry for the sin, the junk, everything that's in here. I just need Jesus. And you'd say, I want him as Savior and Lord of my life. I invite you to come forward, find a person here online. You can click a button and pray with somebody virtually right there, real time. But come forward and say, I need Jesus in my life in a few moments when we all come forward and pray. For the rest of us, here's the things I want us to apply. First of all, man, ask the Holy Spirit, is there a cup that you've been holding on to too tightly? 
There's something that you need to let go of this morning. Secondly, ask the Holy Spirit to use you however he wants. What cup do you need to become? Maybe there's a setting, work, home, friends. There's a little shift God wants to make in your life right now. And then finally, who can you bring the living water to? Maybe there's the name of somebody a few minutes ago, the Holy Spirit nudged you and God, I don't know what it looks like. I'm ready. I'm prepared. Use me. So as we sing this song, you can stand where you're at. We're all going to talk to God. If you want to come forward, please do talk to somebody here. You've got another need. Let's talk to God. If you need Jesus as Savior, come forward. But let's take a few moments before we leave and say, God, here's how I'm going to live this out.